Welcome to Wisdom and the Word Podcast, the show that not only answers your questions from God's Word, but equips believers with the foundational truths for their faith. We're excited that you've taken time to join us and hope that today's content is valuable to you. In today's episode, Pastor Wiley continues his study through the book of Hebrews. Welcome to Wisdom in the Word. This is Tune Up Tuesday. As we continue on in our study of the book of Hebrews, today we'll be reading Hebrews chapter number 10, verses 11 through 18, uh, as we continue on in our study of the book. And we're going to read verse 11 down through verse 18, and then we'll go back and make some comments about what's happening here as the writer of Hebrews continues his description of Christ being better, and more, more specifically about how he's a better sacrificed and a greater high priest, a greater priest than what we see in the Old Testament. In Hebrews 10 verse 11, the Bible says, and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. As we continue on in our study of Hebrews chapter number 10, we have are following the sequence of arguments that the writer is giving us here to help us understand the better aspect of Christ's sacrifice and also Christ's priesthood. As we opened up in chapter 10, he tells us about the shadows of things in the Old Testament and how the shadow of those things could not really cleanse and could not really purge us from what we needed to be purged in order to be saved. Then as he continues on through these next verses leading up to him, he talks about Christ in verses 5 to 10, how Jesus Christ, what could not be done in the perpetual ongoing sacrifices of the Old Testament, Christ accomplished once for all. And he talks about Christ's willingness to come and surrender himself and submit himself to the work of God in order to accomplish this great sacrifice. Now, as we pick up here in verse number 11, of these uh, these passages, I've entitled this uh, section, He Sat Down. He sat down. And I want you to see here what it says beginning in verse number 11. There's a, it, it makes a very clear statement. I think there's some helpful things here in verse number 11. The Bible says, And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Now, there are several aspects here that we want to see. First off, the way he describes the priest, the Old Testament priest, when he stood in that courtyard and he waited for people to bring him sacrifices to be able to offer. The Bible says he standeth daily ministering. Okay. So several things. First off, the priests in the, uh, in the, in that courtyard, they were only allowed to stand. There were no chairs. There was no place to sit while they were there and they were working and they were laboring. They were not allowed to sit. There were no chairs allowed in that outer place. 
Secondly, we find out that they did this daily. Every day they went in. They offered sacrifices every day, ministering and sacrifices and sacrifices day after day after day after day. We also find in verse number 11 that they offered the same sacrifices over and over and over and over again. And then we also find in verse number 11 that none of this standing and none of this daily ministration, none of this, uh, none of the sacrifices that were offered, that were offered over and over and over again, these same sacrifices could ever take away sin. And again, that's been the whole thought here as we have gone through this passage, um, that verse number four, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. It's been very clear that the sacrifices, the Old Testament sacrifices, could not suffice, and they could not uh, satisfy the demands of God in taking away sins. That just wasn't possible for them to cleanse us and purge us in order that we might be able to, to be saved and serve God. So we see in verse number 11, the priest standing, the priest standing, that this priest stood and he ministered every day, offering the same sacrifices, but to no avail. Then you'll notice in verse number 12, the perpetual sacrifice. Look at what the Bible says. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifices for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Now, speaking of Jesus Christ, he goes on to say that Christ didn't offer perpetual sacrifices or the same sacrifice over and over and over again. You'll notice that the Bible says that he had offered one sacrifice. That is, he offered the sacrifice of himself. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. He offered one sacrifice for sins, and that one sacrifice for sins was offered how? Forever. That is, the Old Testament sacrifice was offered every day, and it was multiple sacrifices that were offered. This is one sacrifice that was given perpetually, forever. It was, it's never going to have to be duplicated and never going to have to be given again. But you notice what he says here in verse number 12, that after he had done this, he sat down. He sat down. The priests could only sit down after they had finished offering their sacrifices. When they went back home, there was no place while they were doing their work for them to sit down. It is significant that these priests would offer sacrifices day after day after day to no avail. And yet Jesus Christ would come in and he would offer one sacrifice once for all, one sacrifice forever, according to verse number 12, and then he would sit down. That is, he would sit down because his work was finished. He would sit down because the sacrifice was accepted. He would sit down because there was no more sacrifice to be made. He would sit down because one sacrifice made forever and once for all was enough to satisfy the holy demands of a righteous God. When Jesus sat down, it is significant that he sat down because those priests, those Old Testament priests, had to continue to stand day by day. You'll notice in verse number 13, the powerful supposition, the powerful supposition out of the sacrifice comes an expectation, a supposition, as it were, about something that's going to happen eventually. You'll notice in verse 13, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. 
Now, again, this word expectation or expecting is really a good translation of this word because this is not just a hope so kind of thing or maybe one day he'll conquer them. But Christ, in effect, in his work has already conquered these things and he's waiting until the final day when these things will be culminated. When 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 he has sat down, he has finished the work and he's waiting, expecting, not just hoping, not thinking that it could possibly be so. But he's expecting that his enemies will become his footstool. Christ is victorious and will be victorious over those of his enemies. He's defeated death, hell, and the grave. And there is no other enemy. The Bible says the last enemy that shall be conquered is death. We're just looking at things through his veil and through his perspective. Jesus isn't trying to accomplish victory. He's just waiting for the victory to be announced. He's waiting for the victory to be fulfilled, for the end of it all to come to fruition. And we find that here in verse number 13 in this powerful supposition, the expectation that Christ, through his sacrifice, is better and that he will be conqueror and victor in the end. Then we notice in verse number 14, the perfected saints, the perfected saints. You'll notice what he says in verse number 14, for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, remember earlier on in the passage, in the chapter, he's told us that we could not be purged. He would say in verse number two, for then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. That is, if the sacrifices were good enough once to be offered, it would have cleansed us and purged us and there would have been no need for any further sacrifice. And that's exactly what happened with Christ. When Jesus Christ died and offered that once for all final sacrifice, it was sufficient. It was sufficient for your salvation and my salvation and to perfect us. That is to wash us in the blood of Christ and to be seen in our state as God looks down on us as though we had never sinned. Perfected. Our sins wiped away, our sins washed away, justified in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse 14, for by one offering, not many offerings, one offering, he hath perfected, how often? Forever, them that are sanctified. And for those of us who know Christ, we are sanctified, purified, and perfected in the offering of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's helping us understand the the effects of what Christ has accomplished and what Christ has done. So the perfected saints here are seen in verse number 14. So as we continue on, beginning in verse number 15, the writer is going to return to the place where all of this was prophesied. He's going to return back to the scriptures, back to Jeremiah 31 where all of this was stated in the beginning and must be believed. You'll notice in verse number 15, he's going to start talking about our next point, which is the prophetic scriptures, the prophetic scriptures. In verse 15, he says, whereof, and that is referring to the sacrifice, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he had said before. So again, the Holy Spirit is a witness to us, and the Holy Spirit said, we know that the Holy Spirit is the author of scriptures, uh, that he is the one who guided the pen and guided the minds of those that wrote down these holy scriptures given to us in times past, and 
what he had said before is going to be now recorded for us in verses 16 and 17. This is a quote from Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34, where God gives what we call the new covenant. And what he is going to show us here is that Christ's blood sacrifice is the fulfillment of those prophetic scriptures given to us back in Jeremiah 31. His work was completed, and as it was completed, as it was done and perfected in Christ, so we can expect not only Christ to put his enemies under his feet, but we can expect to reap the rewards of this new covenant. You'll notice what he says in verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. Now remember, the old law was given on tablets of stone. This new law would be given differently. It would be given internally on the heart. He said, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. It's in the heart and in the mind. God is working now internally. It's not just externally. It's not an expectation of do this and don't do that. But I am going to do a work on the inside of mankind that's going to be different. That's one of the nature and one of the characteristics that makes the new covenant so much different than the old covenant. And then in verse number 17, a wonderful result of God's work on the inside. Again, the thought here is that God is going to cleanse our conscience. God is going to cleanse our heart and purge our sins and our iniquities. And as a result of that, for the first time, God is not going to remember. Notice verse 17, I will, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Remember, they have been remembered. Every year perpetually as they offered sacrifice in the Day of Atonement, every day that they offered a sacrifice for their sins and they made offering, all of those sins were being remembered. And the reason why they had to is because one sacrifice didn't do it. It had to be multiple sacrifices. But now the final sacrifice has been given, and this final sacrifice that has been given by Christ is enough to be able to satisfy God's holy and righteous demands. He writes the law in their hearts. He writes the the law in their minds and their sins and iniquities. He remembers no more. He doesn't have to bring it up anymore. No more sacrifices are necessary. God's final sacrifice has been given. And so in verses 15 to 17, we see the prophetic scriptures. Now we close in this section with looking at verse number 18. The Bible says, now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Our last point is this, the pardon satisfies. The pardon satisfies. He makes almost a concluding statement here in verse 18, saying where remission, that is dealing with the release of sins, the forgiveness of sins, the things that he's mentioned in verses 16 and 17, God remembers their sins no more. That word remission. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. That is, here's the thought. There's no more offering that's needed. No more animals have to die. No more days of atonement, no more sacrifices, no more priests standing and waiting to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people. All that's been done away with, and the reason why it's been done away with is there's no more need for it. Sin's been dealt with. There's no more need to try and cover sin. Christ's final sacrifice has covered sin once for all. And we should thank God today that Jesus Christ went to Calvary, and then after that, he sat down. He sat down. When he sat down, it was very appropriate, very apropos that his work was finished and that our sins have been forgiven.
Well, next week we'll pick up and continue on in our study of Hebrews chapter number 10. This has been Hebrews 10 verses 11 to 18, and we hope that you've enjoyed this Tune-Up Tuesday. Now on Thursday, we'll be answering your questions from the Word of God. We hope that you'll join us on Thursday. As we continue on in our study, looking at our thoughtful Thursday questions, if you have a question, please feel free to submit that to us, and we will get to that over the course of our next broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us today on this Tune Up Tuesday at Wisdom and the Word. God bless you, and take the rest of your day and glorify the Lord. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Wisdom and the Word podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show on your favorite podcast app and sharing something you've learned on social media. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you next time on Wisdom in the Word.